0: Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space. The final frontier. Let's see what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want, but you cannot deny. This is all I exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression for get up.
1: Hello and welcome to her first track.
2: Hello. Uh, they're very stilted, then, Katie.
1: It's because I was wondering what we were doing.
2: Yes. Uh, so I did have <laughs> full intention of opening this episode. I know you just pointed at me. Yeah. Then I just decided to point at you, and I wasn't 100 sure you knew what. That, that was even super meant, stressful. But yeah, sorry about that. I do apologise.
1: Nevertheless.
2: Nevertheless, welcome Welcome. to a brand new episode of Her First Trek. As I have to say every single episode of this show, you are listening to a Star Trek podcast. Promise. And we will get there very, very shortly. We're not going to keep this too long. As we said on last week's show, we will be doing sort of shorter episodes at least for the next two and a half months because, well, as we release this, in eight days we'll be putting out our first season two episode review of Star Trek and Lower Decks. That's right. Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast, listened to by Tony Newsom.
1: Officially say that now. Yeah, well, we
2: said it last time as well, and we will continue to say it. If you get
1: bored of it, just skip it for this one. Yeah,
2: absolutely, skip it. But uh, that show will be back in eight days from the release of this episode. We were going to do a season two preview, but the truth is, as we record this, we were about to do Blast Shield, but I decided that we needed to drink more wine, in your case.
1: Kyle's had a gin.
2: And I need to drink more gin and tonic. Now, I have been not drinking for most of the year. It's recently been a new, well, since we got married, actually.
0: just not bad Yeah, I realized at as I said
2: it that... Uh, so I had some drinks on our wedding day because I thought I was planning to break the drinking thing after a year or so. And then I was thinking, well, I regret not having had a drink on my wedding day. So I did actually start drinking from the day I got married again. So, uh, so this gin is really... Um, Really got to me actually it tickled your pickle. Yeah, it has hit me a little bit. So there'll be no preview of season two of uh, LodeX on our Blast Shield podcast, but we will be hitting the episode reviews from Monday. The I think it's the sixteenth of August. Must be looking at the dates in my head. We used to release on Sundays, but because her first track will still be going out on Sundays, uh, we ain't going nowhere. Blast Shield will drop on a Monday. So please, uh, if you haven't already, search for that show on your podcast app and subscribe ahead of season two. To be honest, (laughs) yeah, it's going to be, you know, which show we're going to ramble on going forward. Because now after this, we're going to have Blast Shield going out at the same time. Mm. And we're recording them about the same time. So we can't really say the same stuff in our intros. So presumably one of the shows is going to get the rambles. One won't.
1: One will be very dry.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be this show. So if you don't like our rambles, brilliant. Because for the next, stay
0: with us. Yeah, for about the,
2: the next like six episodes of her first track, we probably won't be doing them. We'll be like, right, welcome to another podcast we've recorded. Let's just get this the fuck into it. Yeah. Let's dive into the uh, the latest episode discussions. First time we've talked to Tos in a while as well. So look, really looking forward to that discussion and uh, a little bit of Voyager. A little bit of Voyager in your life A little bit of TOS on the side A little bit of Guys, Cook you up in my grill A little bit of Blana uh,
1: To get my fill
2: I was going to say with a trill But that doesn't make sense oh, With a trill Sure What song I What song? Mambo 5, Lou Bega. Ah, yeah. Please look it
1: up It's an absolute banger
2: Yeah, better than my version I just <laughs> dropped
0: If I hadn't come along Were you just going to waste away in that prison camp until they kill you for your body parts? Were you too frightened to act? I was looking for a way to escape. Looking? I'll show you the way to escape. This and this. That's the way you respond to every situation, isn't it? If it doesn't work, hit it. If it's in your way, knock it down. No wonder I got kicked out of the academy. For which you should be eternally grateful. Well, I'm not. Your temper has gotten me into trouble more times than I could... Listen to me. Listen to us. This is ridiculous. Do you realize that we're each fighting with ourselves? I'm not the one who's fighting, Ptah. If I remember correctly, I'm the one who rescued you from that prison and carried you here. Don't you think you could at least acknowledge that? Can't you even admit that you won't be able to get out of here without me? I don't know that I can get out of here with you.
2: We're going to talk about a Voyager episode that was one that for some reason used to terrify me when I was a child. Don't even know why. Can't remember why. But we're talking about Faces, which is, what, the third from last episode of the season, I think, for Voyager. So we're closing in on that season finale so i'm gonna do a quick recount on this katie do it do it uh, so the basic plot is that balana has been turned into a full-on klingon mm-hmm. and because of the uh vidians which i kept calling vidians last time we did this but it's vidians
1: it sounds like a std
2: yeah and they look like an std they
1: do oh my gosh yeah, yeah. maybe that's why if you were, gonna were f- like what can we call these people
2: if you're gonna put a face on an std they are that face yeah we're under the impression for a little while that Bellana's human side has been erased and that she's just like Klingon now, but we soon meet Balana the human. She's actually been split into two. One is pure human, one is pure Klingon. B'Elanna was in the Starfleet uniform, so we'll come on to that shortly. Which one? Oh, sorry, the human Bellana. Ooh, you got me. Mm. You got me there. Mm. Uh, the Vidian believes that the klingon genes or dna or whatever it is is actually immune to the vidian plague that we found out about in phage when they stole nelix's lungs so he thinks that klingon balana holds the key to their cure i think they're on an asteroid or something aren't they or the caves of a planet or something i can't even remember but there's loads of prisoners there who are being like harvested for body parts we meet a talaxian only the second talaxian we've seen like Neelix mm. and Paris is there as a prisoner, as is that little Jobsworth from the last episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, he just turned up after Sisk. What's his name? Seska. Seska. Yeah. Kind of disappeared, and then we just got lumped with this guy. Who was like, he can't be new because they're stranded in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. However, never seen that guy before, and now he's like a really big part of everything. Until. Dun, dun, dun.
2: In an attempt for the Vidian to impress Klingon B'Elanna, he takes the face off of our little brown noser, so he's dead.
1: That was a real shock. I mean, I, we didn't get much time to know the guy.
2: No. But he's gone. But he didn't deserve to have his, like...
1: Face chopped off.
2: Face chopped off. And probably, if we're honest, he was probably harvested for other body parts then as well. You wouldn't right. just take the face, would you? you would, you'd take all the skin uh, and graft them onto d- different Vidians yeah. who need it. Uh, you'd take the organs that you need. Like, they took Nelix's lungs before. We shouldn't forget that. Yeah. Pretty grim. So he basically got carved up.
1: I think we need to move on.
2: (laughs) It reminds you why you're vegetarian, yeah?
1: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just thinking about his body parts, like his nice healthy body parts being glued to VD.
2: VD. (laughs) Do you think the VDians steal reproductive organs? Would Um, they even work? It wouldn't work. It depends
1: how they reproduce, I guess. They might Uh, want to do it just to, like, have the bits.
2: Like a fresh looking penis.
1: Yeah, because imagine a penis looking like the wow. rest of their body.
2: That that right there is an STD. Uh, oh gosh!
1: Especially how like how flaky they are. Oh no! Like they're sort of like you know when you've been in the sun too long yeah. and you peel. Oh.
2: Uh, but
1: like to the extreme. Yeah,
2: you'd be peeing that out for a while. Tange. So what we realise in this is that uh, Klingon Balana is actually very much as you would expect a Klingon woman to be. She's very fierce, has the proper voice of her. Yeah, land. she
1: did really well with the yeah, voice thing. I think
2: it's the teeth as well sometimes. Like, they make you harder to speak. But I thought she was a good Klingon. But the human Balana is struggling. She isn't able to really help Tom at all uh, because she's too scared. She's, she's never
1: known fear No, before. she's
2: experiencing fear. Eventually, her and Tom make a getaway, don't they? I think. Mm, oh, no, her she makes and a Klingon
1: getaway. Balana make a getaway. Yeah,
2: and then Klingon Balana does not like human Balana. And Human Balana's calling out Klingon Balana for being too, too, Klingon. always rushing into things. Yeah, just being too Klingon. All the traits you associate mm-hmm. with Klingon, she's saying, you know, this is you. You're always getting us in trouble and, and so on. And I think Klingon Balana doesn't have a very high opinion of Human Balana either. But they eventually work together to the point where, doing a rescue attempt by Chakotay and the team to get them back from the Vidians, Klingon Balana jumps in front of a, like, of last thing aimed at human Milana and dies a hero.
1: And she's happy because she's died with honour.
2: Yes, just as she got beamed back to Voyager. Yeah. How odd, right? Now imagine if you're Janeway in the room, you're like, what? What have we got?
1: I mean, they they didn't look as shocked as they probably should have done.
2: Yeah, Chakotay kind of went along with it when he beamed onto the planet. He's like, okay, there's two of you, let's get back and... Yeah, we'll figure it out later. So that was the episode, really. Oh, they did have to turn on back to Klingon. They had to reintroduce her Klingon genes into her because it turned out her body was breaking down without her Klingon side because she needed her Klingon side.
1: It was really interesting, actually, that whole thing of, like, she said she used to cover her forehead as a kid because she hated being a Klingon and she hated being different.
2: She said, well, she believes it. That's why her dad abandoned her and her mum. Yeah, but she
1: obviously hates humans because... Her dad abandoned her, and he was the human, or so I imagine. Yeah, I he think was the human. That's yeah. what they said. So, and she knows that the human side of her is the weak side, but that the Klingon side of her is too aggressive. So, actually, she's just like a happy medium.
2: Yeah, she needs the balance, balance the of the two to function. It's like
1: a nice little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story. Mm.
2: When you first saw Belana as a Klingon, you didn't make a whole lot of reaction in person. So Um, what were you thinking?
1: (laughs) To be quite honest, I didn't really notice. I thought she looked a bit different, but I didn't really know (laughs) why. Because I don't know why. I don't think I've ever twigged it. Balanas half Klingon, half human before. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know what I thought she was. I don't know whether maybe I thought she was just Klingon anyway. So I was like, yeah, she looks different, but I couldn't really I couldn't really put my finger on it. And then when they said it, I was like, oh wow, okay. And then I thought, because they've like sucked all the human out of her. How are they going to get it back? Are they going to get it back? Is mm. this just going to be her from now on? And then when I saw the human Balana, I, th- I thought the same thing. I was like, maybe they're just sick of doing her makeup, so they're just going to change her human now. But I thought, I actually don't really like human Balana. Really? I'm I'm getting used to her, like, feisty behavior. and mm. a... her.
2: What, what Normal Balana. Yeah,
1: normal Balana. And then I, beg- I didn't like Klingon Balana either, so I'm pleased that they've merged them Stayed together. Stayed together,
2: yeah. Which Balana do you think was, like, the real one? In the sense of, human Balana was wearing... Starfleet uniform still. Mm. But Klingon Belana wasn't. So that almost tells me that Human Balana was the original Balana and then I don't know. You Klingon one was just built from that. Well, uh, why just... else would she be wearing the Starfleet Uniform? Well no,
1: I just thought that the other one was wearing like hospital robes because she was about to be experimented on.
2: Yeah, they wouldn't have two Starfleet uniforms though.
1: Well, who knows? If you can pretty much clone a person, probably can clone you well, you can. Hashtag replicators. I'm going, with replicators. The,
2: idea. I'm going with the idea that Human Blana was the original model. Okay. And a nice touching bit at the end where she's touching her flat forehead. Yeah. Something she kind of wanted. and But obviously, we didn't see her turn back Klingon in this, but presumably she will be half Klingon again in the next episode. I mean, it's an interesting thing of having her go face, pardon the pun, because the face is the name of the episode, but going face to face with her Klingon Self.
1: It's really interesting because I imagine that that's quite a a thing that happens, you know, when you're mixed nationality or whatever. I know this isn't real, but I read a poem once about a girl who had family from Pakistan and she lived in the UK and she felt really torn between the two worlds because at home, obviously, her family were speaking another language and they dressed differently to Western society. And she really appreciated all of that, but then couldn't wear her jeans and stuff around her family but didn't feel comfortable in jeans anyway. Mm. But that's what her friends expected her to wear. It's very, it must be really hard, especially when the cultures are so different. Like there couldn't be much different, more different than Klingon and human. It must be very difficult for people and to feel like you don't fit in somewhere.
2: Well, I think that bit's key because you could look at it on the surface and think, oh, this is like a, an ethnicity thing that we could mm. put into the real world of, you know, oh, I wish my skin was a different colour to be like yeah. everyone else's in whatever country you're in. So you, you don't, stand out or don't feel like you stand out but yeah you could also put it into just fitting in couldn't you like you said yeah. it, could, it could be about the clothes it could be you're a woman and I think this is the thing that young girls feel whether on their friends or why do I look different yeah why am I developing at a different race you've said to me about like you know puberty yeah as a woman if you start developing you know breasts too soon you or too late yeah you get made fun of and yet there's no I particular age they're you meant you to do. come yeah. but
1: then I also think that it's a it's a nice way of sort of teaching people that you're always going to want what you don't have. And then when it gets taken away from you or you get given what you want, it's not always the answer Hmm. to what you want. Like when I was younger... Someone uh, who I used to spend a lot of time with when I was younger used to say to me, oh my gosh, I wish I had blue eyes. I wish I looked like you. And all I kept thinking was, I wish I looked like you. Mm. Brown eyes, darker skin. And I I wanted that. And it would be weird now to see either of us with those things because it's who we are. And you shouldn't really, I know, yeah, you shouldn't really want for what you don't have. It's very hard.
2: The grass isn't always greener.
1: The grass is not always greener. Sometimes it's spiky and it's full of bugs. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and we hate bugs. I hate bugs. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of spiky grass. No. So, Balana learnt at the end that she can't live with, and and didn't want to live without her Klingon side, I think was an important part. So, you know, any favourite parts from this episode as a whole?
1: I liked the Klingon Balana and the human Balana sort of facing off with each other. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Just hate those creatures, just find them so vile. But I do think that it's interesting that they're trying to do what they can to get rid of the, the virus or whatever. Which is quite sad, really, that mm. they didn't make it work
2: after yeah. all that effort. I like that they're sort of waiting around as well, these villains, you know? They're not in your mm. face, they've only been in two episodes, but like they feel much more of a danger to the crew than the Kazon.
1: It's also so sick because, you know, what they end up doing to you is so vile and it's not like they want to do it. They have to do it. Yeah, it's a survival yeah, it's a thing, survival. which makes them more dangerous. I think.
2: Yeah. Could we say categorically that humans wouldn't do the same thing right now? No, hundred percent. If, if it was literally a matter of survival of the race, it was
1: like that episode. Was it um, Enterprise? Was it Enterprise? Don't Where you tell me. they made a trip, they made another trip. Oh yeah, yeah. And they yeah. were going to harvest him.
2: Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Very and good throwback. I, I know. Didn't think about that.
1: And they did.
2: They did harvest him. And yep. they
1: felt sad about it, but also. Didn't really.
2: Archer didn't get many choice in the end. No. When, when Sim still wanted to live, Archer was like, I need Trip, not you. Even though Sim had all the things. That was
1: cold AF.
2: Yeah. Dark Archer. Yeah, very good point. So there we go. We've seen it. We've seen even, what, 200 years before Voyager, there was Starfleet officers willing to do the same thing.
1: But like now, aren't they growing, like, or trying to get into the process of growing artificial organs? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I are. mean,
1: that's fine. Cause it's not sentient, but when you start getting to the point where you're going to grow a whole human just to take stuff off it, which I don't, I don't think is beyond no, no human that, capability. That's probably more likely, but, yeah,
2: because they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll probably imagine that they can't keep all these organs in different machines everywhere to keep them alive. They'll probably decide that the best host for them is a an actual organic host. I
1: Mean, gross.
2: Uh, my favorite bits were I like the stuff with human Balana and Paris. Yeah, that
1: yeah, was that was very interesting. Nice.
2: I really like Paris, and I think they showed a. I don't plan you, but, you know but a human side to Belana, but also the human side to Paris. I thought we saw him being a bit more, less of the bravado and, and stuff on this occasion. And, and also when he stepped up to, to plate for when that dude is about to get taken away. Yeah, yeah. And Paris, like, you know, if you stand up and you say, no, take me, instead of him, I'm, I'm in charge, and you're doing that with the Vidians, you know very well that you're potentially going to lose something or die. And he still did it without any mm. qualms. You know, these people have, in two experiences now, they've... Uh, They've taken Neelix's lungs, and he didn't get them back. They split up Taurus from being Klingon and human, and then they've ripped the face off of a guy. Imagine
1: how harrowing that would have been if that guy who was trying to, like, show off just turned up with Tom Paris's face. Oh, that
2: would have been... Can you imagine if they killed him off like that?
1: I mean, it didn't matter so much with that guy, because it was like, who dat? But if it was Tom Paris, that would have been like, whoa.
2: Yeah. Last one on this, then. Did they miss an opportunity, because I asked you about this at the time, like, to... Have Bilana stay as a human.
1: I don't think it would have... She would have fitted in. Too
2: early in the show for it.
1: She wouldn't have fitted in on the...
2: But wouldn't it be like short, an amazing plot device? Fifth season, you've been going on for ages. We need to spice things up for this character. Yeah, what can maybe. we do? Oh, we're going to actually... We're going to pull out the Klingon side. Could even have both characters be permanent. You never yeah. know. But I feel like it was a missed opportunity in that sense. But yeah, too soon, I think. Yeah, we, we barely don't know Bilana
1: yeah. enough to be like, okay... Let's give her what she wanted to be, always be human or whatever. But you, I, I don't know. I don't, I, they've got to work hard, I guess, to keep the show kind of fresh mm. because they're all stuck out there. But hey, why not just introduce that guy and other people who were clearly there the whole time?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tap their face is ripped off. Nudge, nudge. Yeah.
1: To keep things fresh. You just have to do that instead.
2: Aren't you the one that always says a little suffering is good for the soul? I never said that. This is the bridge. Prepare
0: for simulated attack. I'm especially worried about Bailey. Navigator's position's rough enough. seasoned man. Low. I think he'll cut. Not oh. oh, so sure. Because you spotted something you liked in him? Something familiar, like yourself, say, about uh, oh, 11 years ago? On the double, Deck Five. Give me a green light. My doctor. You've been reading your textbooks again? I don't need textbooks to know that you could have promoted him too fast. Listen to that voice.
2: I don't think we'll be spending much time on this next one. He's it's open. <laughs> it's the Corbomite Maneuver, TOS, an episode that I always remember just because of the alien in uh, the alien mask. It's always in the credits of the show. So in my mind, it's like the one of the iconic TOS aliens. And it's not even a real alien. It's just a dummy. Mm. But this episode, uh, to, to get myself into the long 50-minute plot of the episode, essentially the Enterprise is pursued by a space Rubik's Cube. Yeah. They attack it to destroy it. Well, to save themselves, really. And then they get chased by a massive...
1: Honeycomb
2: football. Yeah, like a honeycomb football. <laughs> and uh, they can't get away from it at all. It wants to destroy them because it showed violence towards the space Rubik's Cube. Eventually they get away from it. But then they receive a distress course. So they go back to help anyway because that's what Starfleet do. They go on the ship. They realise the alien that they'd seen on the view screen was just a dummy. And actually it's some kind of weird... Baby. Ch- ...child baby man.
1: Do you know what? That was freakier than the actual dummy. Because when I first saw that dummy, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then I saw the kid. It was fine until it started talking.
2: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It
1: was so weird. Like when it laughed and stuff. And I'm yeah. going to call it an it because that is what it was. Yeah.
2: Baylock, his name was actually. I think mm. if I pronounced it correct. I'm not sure. I'm going to call him Baylock, anyway, even if it's Ballock. We'll call him Baylock. Uh, so yeah, Baylock was happy to have them, whining and dining in them. And it turns out he was just testing them all along. And then some officer who, you know, Jim had promoted too quickly, as Bones told him. Ended up staying with Baeloc to get married or something. I don't know what, what, what the actual ending was.
1: No, isn't he just going there to learn about yeah. it? And then...
2: Yeah.
1: But I think it, just Kirk was using it as an excuse to get rid of it. Get him off the ship. Yeah. <laughs> and he's no like, he will come there. and pick you up in a couple of months, okay, and You can tell us what you've learned. And then he's winking to the baby and the baby's like, don't worry, i got you.
2: I feel like the baby would probably eat him. He looks like a baby that eats
1: Yeah, yeah. I would people. not just automatically trust this thing and be like... Yeah, I'll leave one of my members of the crew with you. Or even worse, if I was the guy, I wouldn't be like, "Yeah, I'll stay."
2: Yeah, he offered. This kid
1: him. is clearly messed up.
2: Is he even actually a kid though, or is he is he a grown man of his species?
1: It's just, I.
2: And he's on his own. But do we know he was meant to be on his own, or did he just kill everyone
1: and eat their livers?
2: Oh, jeez, their livers. Yeah. Wow. He's... He
1: looks like that kind of kid. Yeah. Some kids, you just look at them and you think, you're going to eat my liver when I next turn around, aren't you?
2: <laughs> oh. You know what I mean. I... <laughs> what, they yeah, eat do. my liver? Oh, yeah, I've you see... do. I've seen that look in a child's face before.
1: I guess, you. well, <laughs> I'm a teacher, so I've seen it many <laughs> times.
2: <laughs> so um, this episode was a whole lot of... Um... Staring. Staring at the view screen. Um, the ship ups. trying to pull away, so we just see a lot of like... Face shaking as the ship's shaking. I, don't,
1: I think at one point no one spoke for like seven minutes.
2: Mm. Yeah, they must have got the script and it. it was about five pages long. I don't remember this episode being so bad, but actually... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was watching it, waiting for something to happen. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this, waiting for it. Oh.
1: Nothing happens. I've had a thought. I bet the guy who wrote this episode was... They were like, you need to get this to us by Friday. And <laughs> he just got like wasted on Thursday night and he woke up at 830 in the morning and had to be there by nine and was like um looking around his room like i can see a Rubik's rubik's cube yeah yeah football check baby <laughs> i got an episode guys <laughs> and they were like just humor and just stretched this out for
2: well it was written minutes. by uh jerry soul if i pronounced that right so jerry you naughty Naughty boy. Dude,
1: don't drink on a school night ever again. Because um, this is the kind of shit that happens. And I'm not impressed.
2: <laughs> I mean, the alien dummy was pretty... I thought it looked pretty impressive. Like, scary.
1: You're kidding. But I
2: remember when you saw it and you were like, seriously. Immediately, you were like, oh, it's a dummy. And you were like, oh.
1: Thank God. I knew but it then, was a dummy. Yeah, but then the, the actual end result was like... That was even worse. I actually felt kind of, like, nightmarish about that kid. I would have preferred intern. it to have been the alien, to be honest. The dummy.
2: There's some chompers on him, didn't
1: he? Yeah, that, I think that was the yeah. issue. Was that's the, the liver munchy yeah, part of teeth. it, is the teeth. Yeah. Like, that could rip through flesh.
2: So I guess the only bit we could talk about was this, this officer who was shockingly bad, who Kirk had allegedly promoted too quickly, who Kirk decided to leave behind as a, an official ambassador for Earth.
1: I mean, you're not going to leave someone good, are you? Because this kid's going to eat him. But you're also not going to leave someone shit, because then that baby's going to be like, well, humans are clearly useless.
2: Yeah, I don't think you would just leave someone right away. Like, you would open negotiations, find out more about each other and mm. your needs. You know, I, you I, know I just to... Do.
1: He just had to get rid of that guy.
2: Kirk, yeah, Kirk realised he'd fucked up and was just trying to...
1: My fave bit was when he kicked him off the bridge, and then the guy comes, like, shuffling back on. And a really, really slow exchange of words then puts him back in his position about 10 seconds before they think the ship's going to blow up. And... I like how they stopped themselves from being destroyed by bullshitting about some thing that was going to blow up. And... Oh, yeah, the,
2: corb- the Corbomite. Yeah. The Corbomite. I can't even say it. It's like a tongue twister for me. Where they were about to get destroyed and Kirk was like, you can't destroy us because we've got Corbomite on our ship. If we get destroyed, it's designed to destroy you as well. I mean, if the alien was this smart and thought that through, he'd be like, this seems pretty illogical that they'd have a yeah. weapon that could destroy me after they've blown up. Yeah. What's it gonna do if like I'm bigger and I'm further away? Is it gonna chase me or something? I don't know. Like
1: it would have been more believable if Kirk was like, Listen, we are a cargo vessel and we are carrying something extremely dangerous. We would not like you to become a victim of this. I thought it was rather than like smart it's thinking, ingrained though. in our ship systems that if something fires at us then we explode, but then you explode too. You
2: didn't think it was good thinking shut from up, Kirk, Kirk though? Like in the last minutes he was like, You just have to shut up he saved his crew.
1: Oh yeah, but he did a lot of staring in the meantime.
2: So did they all, to be fair. Yeah. At least Kirk wasn't staring at one of the ladies. I feel this like time. some.
1: Yeah. I feel like sometimes when they zoom in on their eyes and stuff, which you probably wouldn't have noticed originally, they do so much staring, like their eyes are watering, and I'm like, <laughs> it's okay, guys. Does anyone need a tissue? Like, is that,
2: is that why they get the face shakes? Because they're
1: yeah, they're like, and they're like, whole face is shaking, eyes are all glassy because they can't keep their eyes open anymore. They never blink.
2: Director shouts, cut, all right, let's go again. They're
1: like, ah, my arms. Bill Shatner's like,
2: fuck's sake, I can't go again.
1: I mean, how is he still alive? Like, all that staring and intense, like, face <laughs> shake must have nearly caused him a seizure.
2: Kirk later wears glasses in the movies. That's it. That's so maybe why. that's what put him in glasses, was the constant staring at the view screen. I mean, imagine people.
1: trying to focus on something for that long.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Killer. I guess back then they needed to fill a certain amount of time, but they didn't have a budget to keep throwing these scenes guys, fill in.
1: it with dialogue. That's okay. I
2: wish they could just take the music out of it yeah. and recut it. it. Well, some fans would claim it's sacrilege to do that.
1: I could have watched that in 10 minutes if I'd sped through.
2: We've spent longer talking about it than the episode gave us as this content. This
1: section of the podcast has more dialogue than that entire episode had.
2: <laughs> so Kirk moves on, the Enterprise moves on, and you choose to move on from this. Swift Q yourself.
1: Yeah, I've gone at Warp 9. I'm gone.
0: <laughs> this show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs.
1: Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4. Beyond Farpoint.
2: A Star Trek The Next Generation Podcast.
1: Nephew stroke in a child. Okay? Very
2: much so, yeah. yeah. And of course, so they could make yeah. that
1: more blatant if they tried. Oh, try.
2: definitely, yeah. And, then you got, and you get the. Uh... And
1: sister in law stroke mother.
0: Yeah,
2: um... absolutely. Yeah. And of course, you get that scene when they do eventually slug it out in the mud, figuratively, mentally. It's all done, other. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the
1: brother confronts him with his vulnerability saying, in that sentence of, Did you come back here for me to look after you? Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast.
2: Yeah, the one you mentioned with Dr. Crusher is hilarious because it gets down to her and Captain Picard. And so it's like they have this giant galaxy class ship and there's just the two of them and he acts like it's a normal thing. And it's just absolutely ridiculous, right? Two people on that giant starship. And there's even the point where the, where she says, computer, how many personnel would it take to run this ship? And they're like... 832 or something and Picard's like oh yeah that is kind of weird I guess <laughs> I thought we were just doing it the two of us you know like that was pretty funny
0: computer deactivate Suite.